I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Thank you for being here, everybody. It's time for the, the Connor, Connor and Smith, Smith Show. Season four. Oh, gosh. You asked for more? Here's season, season four. four. <laughs> oh, wow. That was not what I expected. Um, Yeah, we are here. Thank you for... Uh, bringing us into your ear today and letting us vary your day. I know that uh, the carousel of everything that we're going through right now it seems somewhat monotonous and maybe this is the one thing you do that's different. You hear something that you, you hear a story of somebody's that you haven't heard before. You learn a little more about them and that kind of changes your perspective on your day. And here's a new story. Yeah, today we're talking to Katie McManus. Um, Katie is an actress in the DC area and you have seen her in many shows, including Titanic at Signature. Um, we are And we are gonna learn so much more. Yeah, we, we love Katie. She's a great friend of ours. Um, we're gonna take a quick break. We will be right back. Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Yeah, beautifully. It sounds great. Oh, oh, please. <laughs> this whole thing. <laughs> this whole thing? That, that uh, voice doesn't age a day. <laughs> no, of course not. I'm sitting, you sound great. I'm sitting here with, of course, my co-host and husband, Matt. Hey, 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 oh. hey. Oh, wow. Hi, my dear. How are you? Oh, I'm just sitting here looking through Facebook. Oh, good. <laughs> were you were you uh, watching some Jimmy Fallon stuff? Is that why you're saying that? No, that's my introduction when I'm zooming with all my kids. Oh, got it, got it, got it. It's not Jimmy Fallon at all. It is pure. It's, it is Jimmy Matthew Fallon. Um, <laughs> secondhand Jimmy yeah. Fallon. Yeah. Yeah. Katie, it's still it's when, catchy. When was the last time we actually? saw each other 1982 <laughs> <laughs> yep i was in second grade it was great um <laughs> i don't know i, I, I honestly i couldn't put it together let's see uh, so it's obviously pre pandemic march 13th 2020 okay so yeah. we'll just i'll oh just my ask God, some questions that's Two years ago. Jeez. Oh, okay. I mean, I know we know that. It just really is shocking when you think about it. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. So, um, it's been a while. It has been a while. You know what's funny is I can't even remember what the past even looked like. No. No. I mean, <laughs> no. no. I don't think anyone does. And it's it, the space time continuum here is. It either is going by really, 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 really quickly, or it feels like it was last year when it was actually three years ago or something like that. You know, like the last time I took a vacation was the summer of 2019, and I thought it was last year. I don't know why. Oh, my God. But yeah. <clears throat> well, I will, I will not go into, I'm not going dis to disclose any names, but okay, uh, a, a mutual friend of all of ours, uh, uh, at one time, this person sort of has like um, 
flashes of insight or ESP or sort of a guttural um, premonition of things. Okay. And I one time was joking around in Zoom and said, oh my gosh, how long is this pandemic going to last? Oh no. And this person gave me a call days later. I mean, days. This is why I just knew it was real because it wasn't even like off the cuff uh, after a, a cup of vodka. Um, <laughs> and this person said, you know, Maddie, when you asked that, my premonition sort of like just kind of jumped out and said two and a half years, like immediately. And this was this was two years ago when, when 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 that this person told me that, and it's so weird. I just said to Stephen, "This we're right now going on the second year." Oh so, yeah, we're completing it soon. So the two and a half years that this person said really wasn't very far off. No, not at all. Let's and I hope. love how most of us just thought it was like. A couple weeks, maybe, two maybe weeks. a couple months. Two weeks to slow the spread, they said two years ago. Yeah. M Maddie had just said, um, what are you doing to occupy your time? Oh, wait, 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 wait. You got a new puppy. I did. I got a new puppy last. Well, it was a week ago on Wednesday. So she's a little over a week at my house. And I wish she, I mean, I don't wish anything. She's, she's not an actual puppy. She's a senior. She's 10. And she is. Oh, she's 10 years old. I know, but she's a little, a little tiny thing. She's 10 years old and 10 pounds. So she is a little tiny kind of terrier, maybe Yorkie, maybe like a Cairn terrier, something like that. Um, a little Toto. She kind of looks like, yeah, exactly, like Toto. She looks like Toto. Oh, that's adorable. What's her name? Her name's Iggy. Iggy. I, did she come like, with a name? Her name from the shelter was Star, which I don't dislike, but I also don't love. And, and then, by the way, my previous dog, Dora, that was her shelter name, and she knew her name. So I wasn't going to change it. I had no intentions of changing a name if that dog knew it. But this dog, my dog now, she did not recognize, to be fair, she doesn't really recognize Iggy yet either, except we're working on it, but she definitely didn't know Star. So I thought, okay, I can change it. So I did. So she was a little bit of a rescue. She, and I actually got her at a shelter because I'm not gonna get into it. I almost got into it on Twitter. <laughs> um, the rescues are getting a little high and mighty. They're getting a little um, self-righteous. I mean, I, going through all of the channels to actually adopt a dog has been a little insane. I mean, they need their dogs to get adopted and they're making it impossible. So I decided to go to Animal Welfare League of Arlington just to check it out and little my little Iggy was there and she, oh my gosh, she's the saddest story. And I don't want to say it because it's just so sad what people do when they, you know, they're 10 years old. So they're not that, you know, they don't want them in the family anymore. Yeah. So that's so well, sad. Well, so, but she's so, with me. Well, that is so beautiful that she is with you. I know she's such a good girl. She really, she hates the snow, but she's such a good girl. Yeah. Does she, you, has she been around other dogs? Yes, and she loves them. So far, she loves everybody. She loves people. She loves dogs. She loves everything. 
Oh, that's so, fantastic. I know. She's 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 a really good girl. We're just working on her separation anxiety a little bit, which is moving. It's progressing. So, we're all good. We're we're doing great. She and I both. Yeah, and separation anxiety, I think in probably my basic terms is is probably the fact that the dog gets anxious not knowing maybe totally. if someone's going to return. I know. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'd have that. I'd have that anxiety as well. So yes, of course. Yeah. So then there's just ways to find comfort for the dog yeah. to know that I'll I'll be back. Yeah, exactly. And we do it in little increments. We do ten minutes. We do fifteen minutes. Today I left for forty minutes to you know before the snow hit. I wanted to get groceries, so I was like, well, it's as good a time as any to try this. So and she did so well. So, you know, so, okay, so it's getting better and she's starting to feel like, okay, I can chill out at this house uh, yep. and mama's coming home. Exactly. Exactly. Little, little bit by little bit. So yeah, Aww. she's doing, yeah, she's, she's a total trooper and she's so trainable. Yeah. I mean, senior dogs are like, they need, they need our love too. So I'm glad that she's with me. Oh, Love that's it. so beautiful. And I, you yeah. know, what? I just don't want to be friends with anybody who either <laughs> doesn't have a dog or doesn't like dogs. I just, you know, I can't be friends with you. I mean, doesn't like is strong. It, it that is, uh, I, I need to know more about if someone doesn't like a dog. I understand if they don't have them just because I think some people, they understand their schedules and maybe they'd feel too guilty if they had one. So I I give those people a little bit of leeway, but if you don't like a dog, I don't, I, I, I don't even know if I want to know why you don't like them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I could tell you some stories that I won't go into because this is not my interview, but, oh, no. <laughs> but you know, people have said things through the years about me and Steven being so, you know, obsessed with our puppies when I'd say little things here and there, you're like, Oh my God, F you. Like, what? first of all, these these dogs are, are very intelligent companions. They're not just, uh, you know, aimlessly roaming around the house. Right. They're not just like little things that are like just, yeah, hiding out in your, your, your bed sheets or something they're not, like that. They're not Tamagotchis. Do you remember those? Um, so what, all right. So we, we know, I have to say, you're one of those people that I feel like I've known forever, e even before like we worked together. Like I had seen you in things, or I'd you know you'd been at places, or you were in shows that like while I was bartending or stuff like yep. that. Um, you also had a lot of mutual friends. Yeah. Yes. Um, I can't even recall when I met you for the first time. Um, Probably Capital City. I don't. Maybe. Yeah, it, I I don't know, but I mean, it was. I, I would definitely Maybe say signature related. It was probably during the Candor and Ebb celebration. Maybe. But like, which? Because weren't you weren't we backstage at the same time doing different things? Because we I, were we were I, doing Kiss while you were doing. Were you in the Happy Time? I understudied the Happy Time. So maybe it was around then. Yeah, it easily could have been around then because I went on a lot. 
I went on, I think, six or seven times. So that sounds like the unhappy time. No, I mean, I had a blast. I, I really did. It was one of those things where I was like, oh, I think I know what I'm doing. But again, it was the first time I was ever doing that. So yes, it was very, very scary. But after the first time, it got easier. But yeah, I mean, that was sort of my intro into signature was the happy time. What I, I mean, I can't because this is like the before times. What <laughs> what other shows did you end up doing there after that being your first, sweetie? Oh my God! Yeah, it was that. It it Chess. happy time was the first. I don't think I had any. I, it's hard to remember. I've I've been offered a lot of understudy gigs, but I always kind of told myself I would. I would really just do them on a case-by-case -case basis, especially um, if it was the same theater. I didn't really want to do that, even though I totally broke my rule with Signature with that. But I do think, what, Happy Time was 2008? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was 2008. And then, yeah, and then it was Sweeney. And then it was Sweeney at the beginning of 2010. And chess. And then chess. Um, and then I had a big break. I, I Before getting on the boat. Yeah, before getting on the boat. Like, I did a couple workshops. I, I mean, look, during that time, I went equity, and I didn't get cast at all. I, didn't, I mean, not just by signature, <laughs> by anybody. I didn't get cast. <laughs> I was doing just workshops, like, very, you know, like, two weeks here and there. Um, so I did a couple of things at Signature then, but then, yeah, then I dropped my card and then all of a sudden I was getting cast and everything again. So and I have no ill will about that. I mean, it just, I wanted to be on stage and the way for me to be on stage was to not be equity. So. And you, you and totally I both fun. covered Violet at Ford's yep. Theater. Yep. So much fun. <laughs> we were the only covers. The only covers, and you went on, and I never. That's the thing. It's like I knew every part in that show, and I never went on. I thought you went on once. Nope, not even, not even for Nova, <laughs> which I think is still one of the funniest things. Like, imagine if I went on for Nova, it, people would have been like, "Why is she singing in this club?" <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but um, no, I never went on. All those, all those ladies stayed super healthy and they were great. So no. And I went on for Troy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. It was very, very lonely in the in the little swing room. It was like the last weekend, wasn't it? I know it took a while. I know, I know we were together for a long time, just hanging out. So this is a funny story and I don't, we're not going to get in trouble. It's so many years ago, <laughs> but we knew the show, like Katie's very good at her job. And back when I covered things uh, like I covered the first you dream at the Kennedy center, I had to do the same thing with like covering five people and, you know, you have little journals for each person or whatever. Yep. And you taught but, me that you taught we, me to keep those little journals. So I've done it ever since. Because then it, whoever you're on for, for, you just grab that little yep. notebook and that's your Bible. But um, but we knew our shit backwards and forwards. And at a certain point, so there's, for those who don't know, there's a little understudy annex um, 
up in the what second floor of Ford's Theater where basically after we come and sign in, we have to go and sit and watch the show on the monitor. Um, and we did that forever because it was a spring show at Ford's, which means long run. Um, and we were, it wasn't a, was it a spring show? It was a, it was a winter show, actually. It was, it was because it was snowing that one time. I feel. Yeah, but it does snow. Our biggest snow, I think, comes in March-ish. Oh, God, it's January. I hope that's not the case this, this year. I it know. feels like March. It does feel like March. Um, I can't yeah. recall the timeline of that I show. I can't. I, th- I really can't. I, I, I don't remember. At any rate, at a certain point, uh, our mutual love for sex in the city <laughs> emerged. Um and we would start talking about like how Carrie Everything. is just like the worst. Yeah, and in hindsight, absolutely. Yeah. So we started watching Sex in the City <laughs> after we checked in because we really didn't need to watch the show again. We check in every once in a while and go, "Oh, I want to watch this tonight" or whatever. Right. Um, but then we just watch Sex in the City. So. We got through the entire series and both movies. I I forgot that we got through the movies too, because I think we were wondering if we would, and then we ended up getting through both. So that was. And then I had to run and buy Sex in the City too, because I was like, I don't have it. It's terrible, but <laughs> but we have to finish this. Right, we need to complete this 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 cycle. <laughs> And and we did. And now uh, you and I have not talked about this. No. You and I have been watching. Are you up to date? Yes. I, okay. I think I watched it Thursday. We have been watching every episode. We have been obsessed. Um, and in in all the a reminder to everyone, Sex in the Shitty. Sorry. <laughs> Sex in the City. Um, <laughs> is a great show at times it is a little like you want to kill the women and that's the point of it you want to you see like parts of yourself in it and you throw your arms up in the air and you're like oh my god you're such a like trash person right now i do think it's it's kind of a broad comedy at some time so i mean yeah i i see that so here we start with so spoiler alert if you have not watched and just like that on hbo max like pause this right now and don't come back until you've seen it. La la yeah. la la. Pause. 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 No bitching, complaining. All right. So, <laughs> so episode one, boom, um, and just like that, we kill off big. Yeah. I was. I guess I saw it coming because I was like, okay. Did you? Well, I mean, I like, guess he was smoking a cigar. He was like. And then she was like, oh, uh, another, an ex- exercise and of this. And I was like, oh, is he doing too much? Is he going to have to pay a toll for doing too much? And then I was like, oh, he's not going to this thing. And he's going to he has an exercise session. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I guess I could see that. And but I, I guess I didn't see him dying. I It's funny. In hindsight, I get why they did it, because just I mean, uh, obviously they need I say obviously I have no idea but in order to sort of get back to its usual sort of 
happenings in the city, she needed to get back to her apartment in some way and blah, blah, blah. And so now watching it, I'm, I, I guess I understand. <laughs> it's weird. But again, like I said, I do think it's broad at times. But yeah, you got to get big out of the picture. So that means getting rid of her incredible penthouse apartment going back to you know downtown and um i mean in hindsight it makes sense you know with her perfect shots of her in the window and writing and stuff like that that wouldn't happen if she were still married to big so right right and i mean i think it's half the reason the second film didn't really work oh Um, sure i mean well and they just got weirder and weirder right um, but then I, I also want, and then of course the actor Chris Knopf went through, is going through all this stuff. Yeah. But that and, was like, that was after they filmed it. Right. Like they didn't like, that wasn't why he was killed off. Right. Yeah. Because he had also already filmed footage that was supposed to be in like a dream flashback oh, that I they are cutting now. Interesting. I know. Um, and of course, the actor who played uh, Stanford Blatch. Yeah, Willie Garson. Passed away as well. I mean, so I've heard a lot of people comment uh, on social media about the show and how it's too depressing and how, like, Steve has hearing aids and this person's died and this person looks too old, this person doesn't look old enough. Like, it's so ageist the, and weird that... I kind of love seeing these characters, like meeting them where they are right now. Yeah, but um, like the show's not being ageist. Those people are being ageist saying that because I actually love that all the girls look older, girls, women. I, I mean, I don't think the show is being ageist. The show has other things no, I'm that I'm, I don't, yeah, people, has yeah. other things that I don't love, but I love that they have all those women on there and, you know, they all look different. They all sort of are embracing their aging in a different way. So like, great, do what you want to do and stuff like that. It is, it is a little sad about Steve only because it's so jarring. Like when are we going to learn when he became an 80 year old man? Cause he honestly was one of my favorite men of the whole entire show. Ditto, ditto. So, like, what? Like, come on. He deserves. He deserves something better. I don't. I don't love that he looks like an idiot right now. He looks like an idiot, and what's happening with Miranda is making me a little crazy too. Me too. Um, I was. I wasn't getting into it until you brought it up. <laughs> but, but, I, I did read a thing. Matt is like, even though he enjoys the series, like you and I are geeking out right now. So we'll have to like, bring it back to a different subject soon. But um, I did read an interview that uh, when, when the actor who plays Steve was called to do this, he was honest with them and said, uh, so I got these hearing aids and I have this hearing problem. Oh, so the actor has that? Yeah. Yeah. So they oh, said, I didn't know that. So, and he was embarrassed but they were like, no, it's it's what the show's about. So we'll actually like write it in and embrace it. Um, and, you know, he's been doing Chicago Fire for right. like 20 years as well. Um, so it's it's uh, that's why the hearing aid. So when people are bitching about, about that, I'm like, but that's actually 
an amazing thing, I think. I, look, I like that they that they're writing it in, but and that's great. But also, why does he still look like an idiot? Well, again, it's be part. It's mainly <laughs> it's mainly because of Miranda and because she's just an idiot this entire series. And I don't know why she's been one of my favorite characters, but I digress. But still, they're writing in the hearing stuff. But why? Why is he just? He's such a side piece. I, it's so weird. I just I don't love it at all about him. And I yeah. love him. So I guess I, we'll see when Aiden comes on and see what happens with him. I do love a, uh, most of the new characters, not all. Um, I do not like Seema at all. Oh yeah. I don't, and I've and I've gotten. I've gotten pushback on that. I just don't think she's a good actress. That's all. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. I don't. I don't like watching her. I thought it was interesting when she was sitting with the girls in the last episode. I was like, oh, look, there's the new Samantha. Yeah. I mean, and, and I like that they're incorporate uh, that they are, you know, inviting her to think. Obviously, we want to see the the ladies do that. But I just I'm, I'm not sure I love the actress. So that's all. No, I would agree. She's not an actress at all. She seems like she's there almost playing herself. Uh, yeah, it's 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 just she doesn't fit. She yeah. doesn't fit. Yeah. And, and I don't and I'm just I really mean just sort of experience acting wise. It she just doesn't like um Charlotte's new and I forget her name. Um but her new friend and Oh, it's initials. I can't remember. I was just looking her up too. Um she's great. She's stunning. She she is that. She is and her dress on that last episode was amazing. Um, yeah, I don't remember her name, but she's fantastic. And even Miranda's professor is fantastic. And I've seen her and dozens of other things. Yeah. Um, and, and I hate that the non-binary character is, uh, the most unlikable is. is, what was that? Is written how she is. Oh, it's, it's terrible. And and Sarah Ramirez, I, I I mean as an actress, and I then forgive me, I don't know what she is going by right now, um, but she's phenomenal, and they're doing a disservice to her slash they, because I know that um, that is what she wants to be referred to, and I just think the character of Che is predatory, is so destructive. Yeah, it's just not. I I don't I don't get it and I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair at all. Well, I I saw somebody say it's knocking back like the perception of non-binary people like uh, dozens of years. I um, I totally get that. I totally get that. And it it's just yeah. I don't think she's a sympathetic or likable character at all and that that that's their biggest miss on the whole show, I think. I mean, we, this is not a podcast about Sex in the City. I, it just not. had to come up. <laughs> um, I, that being said, I watch it like Me too. oxygen. Um, I can't wait for the Thursday to come Me out. too, because there are glimpses of, of what it used to be, and I love it. The, the episode that Miranda, Miranda, the episode that Cynthia Nixon directed it's funny how I was like, this is different. This is fun. And I like it. And I looked it up and it was Cynthia Nixon's episode. 
and I loved it. I loved everything about it. Yeah. So I mean, it has it has moments. It it has moments of what we of what we as in the fans, I think want it to be. So yeah, of course I'm gonna keep watching for now. Absolutely. Um, Katie, like, let's talk about you now because like we've talked about your dog. We've talked about. <laughs> Sex yep. in the city. Um, where are you from originally? I mean, uh, I mean, originally, I was born in North Carolina. I only lived there for like six months um, while my dad was going to grad school. And then my mom and dad were from Long Island and Manhattan. So that's where they were from. They were only in North Carolina because my dad was going to school. So once my dad was finished, we all went back up to Long Island. So we were in Long Island until I was about five. And by the way, my mom and dad had five kids in those five years. Wow. And yeah, and they had two more later, but that happened in Virginia. <laughs> but um, we, my dad worked for the Pentagon. So we moved finally to Virginia and we stayed. I think I easily could have been an Air Force brat, but that didn't happen because Pentagon kept us here in Northern Virginia. So, yeah, I think I would never say I'm a New York girl because uh, I'm not. Um, but I have crazy, crazy Brooklyn slash Manhattan roots in my parents. So and that still trickles down. But I'm a Virginia girl. And like when when you were uh young Katie like what was the thing that made you go oh I want to sing and dance and act what was the was it a movie was it seeing live show like what was the thing well truth be told is that I never wanted to sing or maybe act but I wanted to dance all I I mean I was a dancer up until I wasn't so like 24 something like that um all I cared about was dancing even as a little kid I made up, I remember I would get punished <laughs> for, for being bad. And my mom would send me to my room and I would choreograph a routine. And I'm not even joking. I really did do this. And I don't know if it was like my mea culpa to my mom. I'm like, look, I know you punished me. I know I was kind of a jerk, but look what I did. I want to show you this. I mean, obviously it's all about like approval and stuff like that. But I would make up routines all the time. So um, dancing was always where it was at. And, you know, it was probably old school singing in the rain. I mean, I, I always remember that and always wanting to be someone in that movie, like probably Debbie Reynolds. Um, but also flash dance. Like, I was obsessed with flash dance. Ooh. So, I mean, that's what I wanted to, I didn't, I mean, I didn't know that I wanted to do theater until, no joke, like my mid-20s. So, I mean, I probably, there was probably something there, but I didn't admit it to myself. But dancing was always there, always, always, always. And so you're in Virginia, um, you went to, to high school around here, I'm guessing, somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then... What what happened after that? Like, what was your trajectory? What did you want to do with your life? Was it like, I'm going to be a dancer somewhere? Like, what was the trajectory? Yeah, I mean, wow. Um, so 
Yes, all I wanted to do was dance. It's all I wanted to do. I literally was in school. I was on dance team in school. And I think the reason I did, I wasn't a great student, but I was a decent student. And the only reason I was decent was to keep my grades up to be on dance team. That's all I cared about. It's all I cared about. Um, so like going to college was never a thing. It was never something I cared about. It was, I, was, I was not one of those people that was like, oh, I need to go tour the universities and colleges. And by the way, my parents didn't do that either. So it wasn't in my head. Um, but I also had the strictest parents ever. And I wanted to move to New York to at least try to like try to be a dancer. And they were like, no, you're not going. So I try not to have regrets about that. Obviously, it's probably still in there somewhere. But, you know, to make a long story short, I was not allowed to go, even though I was 17 and a half years old, something like that. <laughs> um, so what I did was I just sort of, I think I, I auditioned for a dance team in North Carolina, the, gosh, what was it called? East Carolina University. I basically just like looked up what, what college teams were the best. I was like, which, which college teams are the best? And let's see if I get on it. So I actually did get on to East Carolina's dance team, which they at that time were the best in the country. But I don't know why I didn't go. I can't remember. I, I don't remember. But anyway, George, <laughs> so <laughs> cutting to something even less exciting, I went to George Mason. George Mason had just started a dance team. I, I Honestly, when I came right down to it, I was like, I don't really want to go to school. So if I'm going to go to school, I'll go locally so I can still see my friends that I was friends with in high school and stuff like that. It's so stupid. I just had a very different um, sort of uh, life than um, my friends around the uh, Northern Virginia area. Um, so George Mason was allowing for the first time like rising freshmen to audition. So I was like, yeah, let, let's do it. So I auditioned and I got on it and it was awesome. I was like one of two freshmen who were on the team. So at least I had that going into school. Um, I didn't love, uh, George Mason was great. I got a great education from there, but it, it wasn't anything. It's funny, I have like no joke, maybe one friend from college because it wasn't like a college experience because I was constantly doing other things. I was on the dance team. I was coaching my former high school's dance team at the same time. And then eventually I was coaching my high school's rivals dance team at the same time. So I was super, super, super busy. Um, and I think it's just because I didn't, I just wanted to be done. I wanted to like move on. I was like, okay, let's 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 make college over with because I don't I, I don't fit here and I don't I don't understand what I'm doing, and and like I wasn't allowed. It's very weird. Like I wasn't allowed to major in things. Like if I wanted to major in dance, I wasn't allowed to. I just wasn't allowed to. So anyway, that's for a whole other podcast that has to do with like <laughs> psychology and stuff like that. But um yeah, so. That was 
I did end up minoring in dance, which I loved. So, so what, I got, did how, a lot of that. How did you go from that to the stage? Like, what was the first, like, crossover of like, oh, I think I could do this or I would want to do this, maybe? Since it wasn't kind of in your, like, that was not what you were looking for. I mean, honestly, I think, uh, like I said before, I think it was always there. It, I just was sort of denying it and denying that I could or had any talent for it. And um, I was actually seeing a therapist for a long time. And I think subconsciously I was telling her this. I honestly can I can't even remember it. This was a long time ago. And she was like, I think because I think I told her I wanted to audition for this community theater play. And by the end of the session, she was like, look, I, your only homework is to go and audition for the show. She's like, just go do it. Don't turn around. Don't, don't chicken out. She never would have said chicken out, but she definitely was like, just go in there and do it. Don't worry about anything else. Just go do it. And I don't know what it was. I mean, I definitely wanted to turn around. I definitely wanted to get out of the car and be like, nope, not doing this, going home. But I ended up just listening to her in my head. And, you know, I mean, we all have been to those first auditions, especially when you're younger and you're like, oh my God, everybody knows everybody. And also that happens <laughs> anywhere at a new theater. Even if you're 50 years old, I'm sure it happens. But I didn't know that. And everyone knew each other and they were so chummy and social. And I was like, oh my God, everyone knows each other. This sucks. Like, I don't, I didn't also, I didn't know how to read music. I still don't, but I didn't have sheet music. So I was just going in there singing. I was going to sing a cappella Buenos Aires from Evita. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to sing it. Like you do. I mean, but I honestly, I, do, I don't. I didn't know. I, I was like, I could get you sheet music, but I don't know who, who, what, what good it's going to do anybody. So anyway, I went in there and I don't know how, I don't know how I did it to like stepped foot into that room. But I started singing the song and they stopped me. And I was like, oh crap, what are they going to, I mean, I was just shaking. And they're like, can you just go to the piano and do scales for a second? So I did scales, blah, blah, blah. I, I guess I did them well. I don't know why I wouldn't have. Like, I know what pitch is and stuff like that. Um, but I didn't know that at that time. I didn't know what they were looking for. And then he's like, I want you to sing it again. And he goes, I don't want you to blow the back of the wall out. He goes, just blow it out. And I was like, okay, I think I know what you're saying. And I did it. And I got it. I got in. And it changed my life. It totally changed my life. Wow. So, it's, I mean, that's it. I just needed one person to just, to just see it and to figure it out. And, and to awesome. give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it was awesome. And that was in 2000, that was in February of 2003. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. And then you just kind of like, started doing that and going around and working at like you know Kensington or yeah it was like the um, 10,000 hours rule the 10,000 hours that I didn't even know until I read Malcolm Gladwell but yeah I just did community theater all over the place because I loved it because mm -hmm. I was so excited 
yeah, so it was like the Arlington Players was the first one. I did the Best Little Horror House in Texas. That was my first show. Um, and had a little solo line, um, which I loved. And then ended up, I did a couple more shows at Arlington. Then I did Kensington. Then I did Reston and um, Foundry Players, which mm-hmm. was another big one. They're defunct now, but I loved them. We did amazing shows over in um, 16th Street um, Foundry Church in D.C. So, yeah. And honestly, one of the weirdest things, I mean, I I knew of Signature. Obviously, I was like going to see stuff there as well. But it wasn't until <laughs> I did Music Man at, um, oh, my God, I don't even remember the theater. They're no longer around. Was it the Savoyards? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But that's where I met um, Mark. Am I allowed to say names on here? Absolutely. Yeah, Mark Chandler. So I met Mark Chandler because he was in the show. It was like, it was a, a crazy show of people like just starting out. And um, Mark was in his senior year, I think, at Catholic. And he put me in his recital. I was Ooh. in his recital. Um, so he made me sing two songs with him as his mother because he did. Um, two songs from Bear, um, the pop opera, and I sang with them. And Eric saw that. And he was like, I want you to come audition. Interesting. Yeah, crazy. You never know what what will lead to whatever. Totally, totally, totally. It was great. And like I I would tell anyone, like if you're loving it and you're having fun, that's all that matters. Uh, Like I was never in it for money or I mean fame whatever I mean in the beginning all I wanted to do was just be on stage and perform and that's what I did and community theater around here is insane it's so fun it's super competitive um it's good I mean it really is it's very good I mean you know you guys both know absolutely and and you know we we've got the uh, privilege of working with you a bunch of times at creative cauldron. Yeah. Um, Matt, can you, the things that pop out in my head, of course, are ruthless and blues in the night. Bro. And I was, Oh, bro. I yeah. didn't get to see bro. I think that, I think there, I think there was, there's been four. I think it was blues, bro, ruthless, ruthless and the world. World goes round. That's right. Correct. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I remember, that's it. I remember sneaking into Signature Theater to rehearse uh, Jacques Brel. Oh, yeah. Because for some reason we couldn't find the space or whatever. Well, we didn't sneak in. I was playing the piano there and working, but then we just kind of like walked <laughs> up like, okay, we're going to quickly borrow this room for an hour. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Brel, I think, was the first show. The first show I, I had done. I create a pauldron. Have you have you ever in your life since the production of Jacques Brel, have you ever just randomly went to the YouTube to listen to a Jacques Brel song because you wanted to? So weirdly, that is a weird question because you would think, no, why would I? But I was watching. Is it, is it Hustlers, the J Lo movie? Yeah, yeah. And the song Next is in that movie. 
and it's it's the I think it's the Robert Goulet version. And I was I swear to God, I was listening to I was watching the movie and I was like, why do I know this song? What is this song? And I was like, oh my God, it's Jacques Brel next. And I became obsessed with it. I just I it, I don't think I'd ever heard the Robert Goulet version. I think I'd only heard like the you know the original version that that we were listening to to sort of practice and rehearse. But yeah, so now next is high. <laughs> it's like in a playlist and then probably in a couple playlists of mine. That's but, so funny because I I'm I was never a fan of Jacques Brel, but I kind of became obsessed with the just the music of the show. Yeah. And so I have recently been in conversations where I've gone to YouTube like, wait, you have to listen to this song. Well, I mean, I think it is. It's uh, and I think it's probably even more interesting watching someone perform it. So yeah, YouTube would be sort of a better format rather than just listening because I think it, it it's it's beautiful storytelling. And, and look, even doing that show, I was like, I have no idea if audiences are gonna get this or understand it. And meanwhile, it did really, really well. So I was I was very pleasantly surprise i think shock brell is the musical version of and just like that <laughs> no i think it's better <laughs> well, well I, no i mean i think that people can put themselves oh. in the show and see themselves in different ways you know and go oh i know what that song's about it's about getting older or okay you know what i mean because each song kind of had like its own topic and theme from life yeah, I I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, usually a lot of the situations in just like that, I I may not have been a part of those situations, but I definitely can relate to almost like 95% of things that happen in that show. No, I mean, and that's that's I mean, that's super important, obviously. It and is you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I was at that party. Oh yeah, yeah, I've been to that party. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, of course, yeah. lately, me and Stephen have been having living room parties. Yes. Where we come in the living room. Stephen sometimes will eat his dinner in the living room. So it's like a little dinner theater. <laughs> are you putting on a show, Matt? No. no uh, we'll, he'll, we'll watch TV. We are old people now. Not that there's anything wrong with that. but no. it, is, it is like Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, Let's Work on a Puzzle. Um <laughs> That is a fun Saturday night. So what's been in your survival bag oh. besides, we'll get to work maybe later if we want to, but what's been in your survival bag during all this? Are you a big reader? Have you been like uh, binge watching everything in, in the world? I mean, yes to everything, except um, we definitely don't have to talk about day job work or anything like that. There's nothing exciting there. But um, no, I actually, I, uh, I, took advantage of the time. I mean, I am a reader, but also that will start to bore me after a while too. So there are two major things I took up during the pandemic. And one was learning Italian, which I'm like almost at, I'm actually over two years because I started before that, but I really got into it, you know, once we, we were at home. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm gonna pay for some Duolingo and do some <laughs> do some Italian, which I love. So I've been doing a lot of that. And then I started teaching myself how to play the guitar, which I'm super excited about. And I can't believe, yeah, I can't believe it took me that long. 
But I mean, hey, when you have time and you can just sit here and you're, you know, my, I am someone who does better if I'm not idle. So like, give me a schedule, tell me what to do. So I would, they always say like, you know, if you want to practice something, you know, do it five minutes a day, but also make sure those things are visible to you. And I have no idea if that's like personality based on personality, like I need to see it. So like right now I see my guitar and I'm like, oh, I have not practiced today. So it makes me practice it and I'll practice it for, they say five minutes, but I'll practice it for 20 minutes because I'll get like involved and stuff like that. So those are two major things. That... So what's the what's the first song that was like <laughs> your baby that you could actually do on the guitar? <laughs> it's so dumb, but it's also because it's so easy. But it's Every Rose Has Its Thorn by Poison. And, and what were the chords in that? Oh, God. What are you gonna... So it's like G. <laughs> and then like right below G, I guess it's... Uh, <laughs> you're like really quizzing me now. I no, told you I haven't practiced. <laughs> Well, I'm just thinking like, you know, me and Steven are home in our living room trying to plan a Connor and Smith musical review oh of, our, of our entire thing. And now I'm thinking to myself, oh, wow, what if one of the songs is with Katie and the guitar? I mean, look, I, I think I'm only going to learn with pressure. So <laughs> you, you just let me know and then I'll just like scramble. But I am, I am, I mean, really the hardest part is singing first of all it's not even singing with it it's not looking at the guitar like i can get i can get 85 percent of the chords some of them i don't know how anyone gets because my hand isn't big like i don't understand i can't do it i don't even have a big guitar like it's crazy i don't understand how people do it but again yeah i practice. took the guitar i took the guitar to play um hinkley and assassins and oh yeah. i got I, I, and I could play that song in the show, but I got to a place where I was just so tired of, of my hands trying to make these, these rock formations. Yeah, like the F chord is insane. Like I can't get it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm gonna just do this acapella. <laughs> can you just, oh, no. can you just give me a B and I'll sing Buenos Aires? Oh yeah, exactly. I don't even yeah. know if that's the key it's in, but I'll take your word for it. So, but, yeah. so besides the guitar. And then I just watched a shit ton of TV. Of course I did. Like, I w and honestly, I, that all kind of um, correlates because I've been watching lots of, um, well, I've been watching a lot of British television. So it's been a lot of British television, but it's also been a lot of British comedy. Why is everyone watching British television? Is it better? Wait, are they? Because I swear to God, I talk to people and they're like, what? Who? I we What's I've talked on? to like three four different people who've said they are watching British no like television or te I, I would say over ten maybe over a dozen of our guests on this show have said well really? of course British shows oh yeah. my god that's so I'm I mean like even right today because I knew it was I mean it was kind of a crappy day and um I started rewatching the IT crowd which I don't, if you haven't seen it it is brilliantly funny. I've probably watched it, no joke, five times through already, like in my lifetime, not just over the pandemic. But um, they're all do, they're, they're all like IT geeks. Yeah, but it's it's a very very well written, funny show. Very very funny. 
But it wasn't even just that. Like the whole impetus for like getting the guitar was I rewatched Flight of the Concords, which I know that isn't British television. That's that's a one-off. But watching them, I did like crazy deep dives on them, like how they started, what they did, and the fact that they didn't know how to play the the guitar either and they were they didn't also know how to copy anyone so they made up their own songs so they could remember them because they couldn't copy a bowie song so they're like let's make up our own song and we'll make it funny and look what they did oh wow super inspired like everything has been inspiring me which is probably why i'm a little ants ants in my pantsy like I just want to do stuff and maybe that's the creative soul inside of me as as corny as I can be (laughs) but like I I obviously need to do stuff so they inspired me that way and then just like even other comedy duos like Mitchell and Webb like Peep Show and watching that and getting super super interested in like writing another cabaret but like making it different not making it be so i mean musical theatery like what else can i do what else can i add in there to that that's more i don't know that's more original so i mean you guys know that better than anybody all you guys do is original stuff so i just got really inspired over the last two years so there is a small silver lining there in the pandemic well, I think it's so scary. I'll speak for myself and not Steve, but I, I know it's so scary to step away or think about stepping away from the things that inspired you that was seen through a lens of your friends seeing you in something yep. rather than you seeing you in something. Uh, totally, Matt. That is exactly, that's beautifully stated. Yeah. And, and so I know I, I'm very guilty of showing up in a, uh, in a situation as the person that people knew rather than showing up and being the person I am. I love that. That's, I don't even think I could have articulated that way. So, yeah. And I think this time has kind of helped us to, if if, if not do it, at least acknowledge it in a way that we now understand, oh, you know what? I don't need to show up like that anymore. And if I could say F off, I would, <laughs> yeah. but at least I can acknowledge what it is that I you know, maybe didn't like about that situation or whatever, because now we're home sort of choosing the book and choosing the guitar and choosing things in a different way. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like, it's now or never, you know? It's... Yeah. I mean, do, do I want uh, to be defined by my music maybe do i not maybe uh who's to decide i guess i am at least your music is your music you're not you're not you're not doing a a cabaret of someone else and not that there's anything wrong with that but i mean yeah i mean both of you are extremely original in what you put out so you're you're already there you're already on that path so well, for me, I really had a hard, I think maybe that's the reason I was always in the chorus and probably not playing a lot of parts. I had a hard time really trying to be other things because I was always just me. So if I showed up in a part, it was always sort of like, oh my God, Matt Connor's in the part. Oh, yeah, um, I get that. Um, 
So I think it was easier for me at times to just kind of beat my own drum because I didn't, I didn't think I really had too many other choices. Oh, um, that breaks but, my heart. But I think at this time in our life, we're really, everyone's just trying to figure out, I think, just how to survive and be happy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it, I mean, I think it hit people some at, at some point i mean it hit those of us who really needed it um you know to sort of look for something else so i think for some others you know status quo is fine and they just move along and that's fine that's fine for them um but for others you know i get very very antsy so and you know and it's weird because i even had conversations with friends about theater like theater it, as a whole in general and i was like i don't know if i miss it and it and i was being super honest i was like i don't know if i miss it it's weird i don't know maybe i needed the break not that i was doing shows back to back but i don't know it was just something strange but also that was at the beginning of you know the pandemic so like spring 2020 and then sort of late 2020 I definitely felt that urge or uh, maybe it manifested in a different way but I was like I need to do something I need to create something I need to write something down am I am I writing a book I have no idea but you I did me personally I did feel like what's stopping me like who cares like the world could end tomorrow so let's just figure out what i want to do and i don't care if it hasn't been done before or if someone's going to judge me for it or if i don't have experience so who cares let's just do it let's just see day by day you know and, and uh, Stephen, i'm sorry i'm gonna keep talking no 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 it's fine it's Stephen had his his time with and just like that just welcome kidding. to the connor and smith show where it's just connor all the time that's all right i have one more talking point but i'll let you go i'm just gonna say one more thing i, I know i can't talk tonight because i have to start drinking um <laughs> um is i i'm just kidding um we you know, it's so true, though. Me and Stephen will always sometimes, and we're very lucky that we have each other in this house that we can fight and argue and love each other in. But um, th there's something about theater that is so different than any other job. And as much as I don't care to ever do another show or <laughs> whatever, there still is nothing like the family of being oh. in a show from from the first table read to rehearsals, to going out for drinks, to finding a new friend, to making amends with a, a broken up friend, uh, to opening night, to, I mean, just the whole journey. Totally. And you, I, I, when you get a job, you know, delivering boxes or talking on the phone or whatever, you don't have that. No, the, you're right. It, it's a very special, special And I have to say to this, have. I have to say this before I go, you're um, not going. Yet. No, I'm leaving. I'm going to Capital City. Okay. <laughs> it, it, it no longer exists. It, it exists. When... Look, this is the announcement. He. Yeah. It's... <laughs> Everyone who's listening, meet me there in 20 minutes. Um, Stephen got me a book. I'm not really a big reader, but somehow between me and Stephen showing Maddie the way, I've kind of now I have found myself being a, a reader at the age of 50 something. 
And I enjoy reading now, which I didn't used to be able to focus on, but now I somehow can. Um, and I, I, think, I thank Stephen King a little bit for that because once yeah. I started to understand that why he wrote and how he wrote, I really started to appreciate writing. Yeah. And anyway, Stephen for Christmas got me a book on how Follies the Musical was made. Oh. What's it called, Stephen? It's called uh, Everything Was Possible. It's, it's called Everything Was Possible. Oh. Anyway, anyways, I am not a Follies fan. I do not care about Follies. I, I've seen <laughs> Follies, but it's not something that like, oh my God, I know every word. But um, from the beginning of this book, to the end of the book takes you on this journey of this musical. And I kept saying to Steven, Oh my God, every page, I feel like I'm there because yeah. if you've done a show, because he's talking about a show, you feel like, you know, exactly what he's talking well, about. Well, exactly. And, um, so that's been, a, that was a really, really uh, fun book for me to read just the making of Follies. So if anyone out there has any um, questions about Follies, <laughs> Read the book. Yeah, you've the got, book. or just you know, shoot not a DM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the that's the greatest thing about books is that it doesn't have to be that you love or don't love Follies. It's the fact it's the making of a musical in a theater world that you are very well accustomed to. So uh, yeah, all of that makes perfect sense. Yeah, it was despite what the musical is. Yeah, it, re it reminded me once again to have another conversation with Stephen about the magic of the show. And and I mean, honestly, out of all of my friends in college and high school and whatever, my, my family is every single person who I've done a show with. Yeah, I mean, amen to that, Matt. I mean, truly, th those are my friends too. I'm so grateful for it. I mean, so grateful. I love my family, but we've never done a show together. Well, this, I mean, not yet, you know, never say never, you never well, that's know, true. That's especially true. with your family. That's true. You know, they're, they're becoming famous by the, by the second. Cause I wrote my dad a book. I know. I mean, you, look, I'm saying never say never <laughs> a year of, from now. It, what, I mean, your dad what, could have its own, has it have his own musical. What kid writes their father's memoirs? I think a really sweet, good kid, a kid who loves his father. And then I, I said to it. my mom, and then I said to my mom because I knew that I knew that maybe she was getting a little sick of hearing about all about dad's book. Not <laughs> really, but you know. And so I said, "Mom, do you want to go in the recording studio and record a CD?" And she said, "Yes, I do." You're just making dreams happen for both and, of your parents. And I said, "You know what? Then let's go raise the money." And sure enough, <laughs> we raised enough money that no one had to no one had to spend a nickel on any of those projects. Oh my gosh, that's so fantastic. Oh my, what a lovely gift for both of them. Isn't that crazy? It's amazing. And yeah. like I said, like you never know, like a month or two from now, things could move in a different way. And you know, in a in a different path that I don't know. Well, I will you say might not be doing a show with them. Who knows? <laughs> I do I do think that after reading my dad's book and everything that was put into it for him. I do feel like every person on this planet deserves to leave behind their stories because yeah. I, I didn't realize, you know, you think, oh, I know this person or, oh, I know that person. And it, it wasn't until I read these stories, I really saw um, the, the stories that I thought I knew were much deeper and the stories I thought I knew, I knew were much longer. 
um, it covered much more territory of, of things I never knew. Um, so I was like, oh my gosh, there should be like, I know there's a couple businesses out there already that do this. Do you know about this? I don't know. Yeah. You can sign up for like a, a business that will send you like a question every week and you basically write a paragraph or two about Story it. Story well is one of them. Something like yeah. that. And then they create, wow. yeah, they create like your story and stuff. And So it's just prompts. That mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a creative writing class I've taken one time <laughs> in school. Yeah. But, That's um, awesome. And yeah, yeah, I agree with you. But, you know, my dad is a, a, an auctioneer and he had a few, he had a, quite a bit of political like things in, in there. I mean, I, I, for one, will definitely read it. I can't wait. So I, I told my mom before we went to print, I said, mom, we have to cut this, this political stuff out. And she said, Why? And I said, did you read Hillary Clinton's book? And she said, no. And I said, well, let me tell you, Hillary Clinton's book was about politics. Why? Because she's in politics. Dad is an auctioneer. Okay. Dad's book has to be about auctioneering. He can't give advice about COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean. We got your ivermectin here. Ivermectin. (laughs) They say it's from China. Oh, my God. I hear a new musical on the horizon. That's what it's called. What? <laughs> they say it's from China. Oh, God. <laughs> um, just... We have monopolized a lot of your time. I just... No, this is just act one. Oh, come on. Oh, love it. I, I cannot let you go without us discussing the, the Wideners. Oh, my gosh. Um, like... So we just did a, a podcast with Nick Lehan. Yes, we and did. I saw that. I haven't listened to it yet. In fact, I downloaded it's it today. It's not good. It's not good. I mean, probably not. It's Nick. I mean, he's so boring. I love um, him. I love him. <laughs> um, but, but we, of course, anyone who we've had on who has been in. The Titanic. The Titanic with us. Like, we got to dish the Titanic for a second because um, it comes up in the top three lists of experiences for almost everybody who was in it 100 percent 100 percent whether it's the just the and, and Jacques Brel yeah well no. Jacques, Jacques Brel it's, it's up there too except like in, in, in the teens <laughs> but it's for, definitely not in the teens <laughs> from the uh the cast that was assembled the voices the set the set um I mean it was it was like the best of everything mm-hmm. uh, truly the costumes yep yep yeah um, the crew the stinking crew in that like i will never honestly one of the the most memorable things i take away is allison who was basically just glued to my side whenever i was off stage putting my hair up putting it down taking my skirt off putting something else on doing this doing that all in maybe 10 seconds yeah maybe but, yeah. uh, and also unlacing my boots, putting a different pair of shoes on uh, in that same time frame. I'm glad you brought that up because let me tell you, I have, we've talked about Titanic a lot. I have not brought that up because it's such a freaking blur to me. At times I was yeah. like, who is this? I, I don't even know who's touching me or taking my clothes off. I always had Allison. So I was very lucky 
very lucky. I'm sure I always had the same person too, but I couldn't tell you right now because <laughs> because the adrenaline rush of oh yeah running from one place to the other place to the this level to that level, you have to get there, you have to change. All the it's while like, I'm going through my lyrics and lines for the yep. next scene and then run on stage and try to look like you're cold when you're wearing three levels of clothing <laughs> yeah. and you've just sprinted down flights of stairs and I'm trying to And act, you're on the Atlantic. Yeah, and I'm trying to act like my hands are cold up in the crow's nest and sweat is dripping from my brow. And I'm like, yeah. Anyway, and, so I know. It's it's theater and magic. Yeah, what can you do sometimes? Um, so we we played the Wideners. Um, we uh, <laughs> best time were they historical figures? Yes, yes. Yeah. Very, were... very much so. And both, sur- well, wait, she survived, right? she survived. Oh, and she actually wanted to get rid of him. She was the flirtiest <laughs> woman on the boat. Well, look, hold on, hold on. She was the flirtiest woman on the boat through me. Yes. She, I don't know if that's factually correct. Probably not. Yeah. So let's just let the Wideners like <laughs> rest in peace. Let's, let's unpack the Katie McManus <laughs> um, Widener interpretation. First of all, I did not choose to be flirtatious. Uh, um, I was, I was given that trait by my scene partner Stephen Gregory Smith. <laughs> oh, I was I did, I gave you that that trait. You did because you would just look at me and say these, you know, ad libs to me like I know you're looking at him. Stop it. <laughs> I know that we had an argument, but can you stop? I know he's more handsome or something like that. I don't re- I can't remember. So as a good partner, I just played off of it. And was like, all right, I guess this is my character now. Let's go. Let's guess do I'm it. a ship bicycle. <laughs> I mean, gosh, if people only knew what the Wideners were getting into. <laughs> Especially I loved when you were being taken out of the Grand Salon and I was drinking. And I was just like, oh, God, just leave. I don't care. <laughs> right. Probably because I had the fastest scene change in in uh life at that point but oh yeah it was great i had them i mean look titanic uh, hands down like definitely one i mean one of the top three highlights easily of yeah. my career um loved everything about it and uh, also because i had the most fun the most fun on stage off stage and also i would cry every single night every when minute. Yeah. Every single night when we were looking up, to, yeah. you know, at the end of the show and just be so grateful to be in that show. So it was awesome. It was it was awesome. I, I don't even know how else to articulate it. I was saying to Nick, uh, was it last night? Two nights ago? Um, two nights ago. Um, I was saying to Nick, I, I think it's one of the few experiences when you're actually in a show and you are watching the show and yep. being the show and you kind of know what the audience is feeling because yep. they're all kind of in this same goldfish bowl world where you're feeling what they're feeling. And, and you see it. Yeah. That's and- so true, Matt. That is absolutely true. You're, yeah. I didn't feel like we were presenting a show. It felt like we were in this like experience. And we were, we were telling a story that everybody uh, sort of know. I mean, 
sort of knows. I mean, it's a it's a true story. It's an historical event. I mean, and I think the way we did it was incredible. And uh, you know, I mean, my brother saw that show, and he's seen me in two things. He saw me in Vessel Whorehouse in Texas, which was my first show ever, and then he saw me in Titanic. And he he is a man of very few words. And he was like, Katie, that was incredible. And I don't remember what he said after Bessel Whorehouse in Texas, but he was he was so moved by Titanic. And he like I said, he does not care about musical theater or anything else. And he was like, that was incredible. So um, I just want to just the thrill of even doing the opening number. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the opening number felt like you were up. Oh, we're going to be a, on a good boat. Oh, oh it was crazy. Oh, good boat. <laughs> um, something it. you may not have known, I just want to let you know. So you got the great song um, uh, along with uh, what Jamie and Aaron of uh, Ladies Made. Um, yeah. And it was kind of like your big number, right? You know? Yeah, it, it was uh, amazing. And, Do you know, oh, I'll tell you the story if we have time, but go ahead. No, no, we, we, we have time. But You're I, sitting here till next Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got to, th- those who weren't singing, got to like sit on benches yep. or on the floor. And I got to, I mean, I still look back at this with so much joy. <laughs> got to do ensemble work with Flo Lacey. Yep. Um, because that was like one of the few scenes where she was playing not. Right. Her, she was just. She was just like sitting on a boat. And I was her son. <laughs> and she would fuck with me. And oh, yeah. I, I mean, just having that experience of like, I am actually like stage playing with Flo Lacey because she's feeling no zero pressure to do anything but sit there on nope. her bench and knit. Yeah. And, and, and mess with me. It was I, honestly that was one of the most fun times I've ever had on stage because not only because of like the caliber of talent and just knowing that I could do what I needed to do and also feel the intense support but also whenever I I'm, like I'm getting chills right now I'm even talking about it whenever I needed to sort of look at someone, which by the way, all of that was acting plus um, I'm dying here. Like I need, I like, I just need a connection and I just want to make something right now. So I feel anchored to the ship. Yes, I'm going to say anchored, but um, (laughs) I, it was such a surreal, surreal moment because I, I don't know those moments like that on stage where you're like, everyone here is 100% supporting me because they're all, no one is sort of messing around at this point. Like everyone's having fun, but they're all super professional. They know what they're doing. They know their characters. And I could have done anything and everyone would have still been there. And I loved it. I loved it so much. It made me feel so secure doing that song. A song that I thought I was going to pee my pants every night. Oh, my God. You sounded incredible. And it was so fun. So fun. The other thing um, is that, and I should mention this, is when I say we were messing around. Oh, no, I knew you weren't. I mean, I knew you were 
No, I knew but, what I mean, you meant. For, for the audience's clarification, we call that li- uh, quiet living in the background <laughs> where <laughs> you are clearly a living human being that is interacting, but you're not doing it loudly. So very frequently, like Katie mentioned with she and I, we would come up with business and things to say. And that being said, we would all mess with each other because it was a very lighthearted and dreaming kind of song. But the second that number was starting to end, nobody was messing around because everybody was looking off in their own private like hope with like tears framing in their eyes like i get chills just thinking about it like we were all like 100 percent bought into everything yeah Um, every moment of that show i feel like everyone would there was never a moment and we've all been in those shows where we're like oh god i gotta do this scene this is so stupid um Mm-hmm. there was never a second of that it was always like because you were also afraid for your life because you were running up ramps above an audience screaming. yeah as an actor sure yeah. yes as as katie myself yes <laughs> i was always worried about falling yeah well matt learned that firsthand i know i thought about that oh god and just i don't matt i i, I can't even imagine you living through that just, I mean, not living through that, but like l- listening to the sound it made again. Oh my gosh, it was, it's, I'll never forget that moment. And uh, mm. I'll never forget uh, someone in the cast after the, after I'd, re- after I'd gotten off stage and knew I couldn't finish the show, um, gave me a pill. Because they knew it was going to be extremely painful. I guess. And they gave me a pill. Oh, and when I finally got to the hospital that night, the doctor came in and said, what have you taken? And I said, someone gave me a shot and a pill. <laughs> oh, wait. And what happened again? Like, did you snap your, your, like, your calf? Yeah. There, yeah. There's a, there's a muscle that looks about the same width of an extension cord that runs in between. Oh my God. Your calf. Uh, I forget the name of it now. And that's what snapped. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah and sometimes when i'm doing stuff even now i'll go oh 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 and she will be like titanic leg and i'm like yeah my titanic matt you were my dance partner yeah yeah in the um, dance partner and um well i don't remember what that song was called yeah the chandelier song yeah because steven was at the bar uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's when I had to like. I was gonna say you were like on the whatever the crow's nest or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's when I had to change <laughs> costumes very quickly and get back on stage and. Um... Oh, because you were Aster. Yep. And yeah. I, wait, was was Mrs. Well, Widener dancing with Mr. Aster? Well, yeah, I mean, but we I... were. I, I didn't I even know about this. I'm really, really sorry <laughs> to oh break the God. news to you. I think you were your other character. What was your other character's name? Oh, Fleets, Frederick Fleets. Fleet. Yes, yes, yes. They were having they were having dance instructions on the deck. That's right. It's like dirty dancing, and I was, you know, my husband didn't want to come with me. Um. I just remember Chris Mueller telling me, you know, in, in my, his quiet living, my quiet living, like, oh, we just hit an iceberg. And I went running up the ramp oh my to, God. to be like, oh, and I thought a piece of the set hit you, 
hit me. I thought a piece of the steel set had hit me. And I thought, why is the set coming apart? And why oh. did it hit me in the leg? And I turned around and saw that it was my leg. And then I went to take a step. And then I looked like, um, what's your face in Best in Show? Oh, Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> With I mean, the limp. <laughs> but wait, was something sticking out of your leg? No, no. no. Okay, thank God. I don't, uh, honestly, if you had told me that, I would have been like, I don't think I knew about that. But the audience, uh, if, if you remember, were kind of up in the dress circle. So when you went up, you kind of, people were watching me in real time going, oh my gosh, what are, what, what is oh. to you? And I went down the, the stair, the, uh, the steps. That's like the, yeah. The, the ladder, because I, I had to have a quick change. And I went down and I was going, ah! I was oh. screaming. Wait, what, so what happened? What happened for the was scene that, after? That was Christmas Eve. That was Christmas Eve. Then I had to hop. I, then I got changed. I hopped back on the set with one foot. I remember that. And started to do something and then realized I couldn't. And I hopped back off. And then I realized as I was hopping on my left leg to go back to the dressing room that the only thing I needed to do was somehow get to the top of the set so I could do the scene with Bobby Smith. And if I could do that scene, the rest of my character work didn't have to make sense. I mean, I had to make sense of at least lie taller. Oh my God. Uh, but outside of that, I didn't have to make sense of the rest of the ensemble singing or like, well, who's the guy at the end? Who cares? And then I, and then I put crutches under my blanket. Oh my god! And hobbled on for the end, and then went, and then took a shot, took a pill, and went to the hospital. <laughs> I cannot. I mean, I just can't. I and can't then, believe it. And then that night, went to a Christmas party that I was. We were already invited. Because you were to. like, woo! I feel great. Well, the doctor walked right in and did one thing to my foot and said, "Okay, well, you're going to be okay. It's not. It's not going to be surgery." Um, and then. We went to uh, a Christmas party that we were had been invited to for weeks, and it was there that we came up with the idea that maybe I should just use a cane for the rest of the run. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Because I had I danced with Lalo, and yeah. you you did your regular stuff. And then the cane started to feel really kind of badass in the show. Yeah, it was awesome. And then I said, you know, if this show goes to Broadway and the guy yeah. plays Lie Taller ends up like using a cane because it's really kind of badass, I want like at least like, you know, a dollar every show. I mean, yeah, like at least a mention. Yeah. Damn. Well, the boat sunk and, <laughs> and then, then the country sunk. And here we are trying to climb out. It's 2022. Katie, you are living in Arlington now. Um, I am. By my favorite Irish bar, the Celtic House. Yes, it's amazing. I love Mike, who owns it. Um, oh my gosh, you're going to have to come over and introduce me, because I've gone there a lot for some takeaway. Well, yeah, once we're past this spike and the world feels somewhat normal again, I'm going to take you to the Celtic House, and we're going yes. to talk to Mr. Mike, and he's going to love you. Uh, and <laughs> I can't imagine... You're gonna love. Oh my God! Oh boy! I, I, I can show you a world. Anyway, um, 
I love you so much. You've spent so much time with us. I really appreciate it. Um, oh my God, I love both of you so much. I'm so happy that I get to talk to you both. Oh, and, I, and again, I'm so glad we're both in South Arlington. We're going to figure it out. We're going to yeah, get yeah. through this this uh, COVID spike. And when shit gets back to normal, we we will see each other, okay? Absolutely. Hands down. It's going to happen. All right. Well, we love you, Katie. Thank you for coming on. Oh, my gosh. I'm so honored to be invited. I love you guys. And I hope everything is going swimmingly with you and your pups. It is. uh, Yeah, except for walks. But, you know, we'll get through the weather. It'll be fine. Well, right. I mean, that's that's all fine and dandy. Given. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Good night, Katie. We love you. All right, my dears. Yes, you too. Thank you. Talk soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us, Katie. Um, always a fun time uh, talking to you. And if you want to know more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an ER. Um, you can follow us on Facebook under Connor and Smith. Um, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> it's a podcast? We're on the cusp of, uh, of a podcast. We're on the cusp of uh, Capricorn and Aquarius right now. Yeah. So that's what you meant. Podcast. Podcast. Uh, really helps us out a lot. Um, share this with your friends wherever you share things. Uh, we appreciate the generous listenership you guys have given us. Um, and you know what? Try to have a better day than you did yesterday. That's all we can do right now. So... Until next time, uh, we'll see you later. Uh, Good night. Sleep tight until until we meet. That's somebody else's song. You gotta write something. You're a writer. Yeah, I did write something. It just sounds like the other song. uh, Whether you're in the shower or your living room, we enjoy. Hope you enjoy listening to us. Bye, everybody. I'm I'm aborting before this gets worse. Bye. Bye.